Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
called the the uh, deflate gate deflate gate right <laughs> remember that <laughs> had something to do with uh, the Super Bowl and uh, the uh, the deflating of the football to make it easier for a quarterback to, to throw and uh, there was a whole ruckus about that and then if you uh, if you watched uh, baseball a few years ago, uh, one of the teams, uh, they had this stellar record uh, throughout the uh, season, and all of their, their batters, you know, were batting better than they had ever batted before, and all these high batting averages, went all the way to the World Series, and a couple of the guys on the team got, you know, special, special awards and, uh, from the uh, Major League Baseball Association, and then came out with the the fact was that they had somebody in the stands who was basically, I don't know what they were using, a, you know, a, a, a telescope or something, but they were, they were able to see the signals that the catcher was giving to the pitcher, and then they would communicate that back to the, to the coach in the, in, the, uh, in, the bull, uh, in the dugout, and then they would give that information to the to the players when they were up there batting, so they were they knew what pitches the pitcher was throwing, which made it easier for them to then get hits. Cheating, and they make millions. I started to say thousands. No, they make millions and millions and millions of dollars to play this game. You suppose they could play it fairly? Do you suppose that they could play it without deceiving one another? The whole goal is just to win. So yeah, well, we play to win. Yes, but whatever happened to good sportsmanship? Whatever happened to honesty? What's happened to truth? Oh my. And all this to do about, you know, the list of names from uh, Epstein's Pleasure Island. And all of the, all of the to-do. You know, they want to keep it all secret. Why do they want to keep it secret? Okay, they don't want the truth to be made known. Yeah. Well, today we're looking at a passage of Scripture in the book of Genesis, chapter 27, dealing with none other than the deceptive nature of sin. The deceptive nature of sin. Make no mistake about it, all of us are sinners in this room. And the Bible teaches that Jesus came to save the lost. He came to save sinners because that's all there were in the world and that's all that there are in the world. Every single human being with one exception and that exception is the Lord Jesus Christ. Every human being is a sinner. Every human being has been deceived 
by the deceiver. And the deceiver is none other than Satan himself, the devil. Now when we mention Satan or we mention the devil, the, the unbeliever or the so-called educated world laughs at us. They ridicule us. They criticize us. They say those people are backward. Not very intellectually bright. Well, that's because they too have been deceived. And today, we find in this passage of Scripture in the 27th chapter in Genesis, a very sad, sad story. Now last week we looked at the birth of Jacob and Esau. And you'll recall that Esau was the, the firstborn. They were twins, but he was the first one to come out. And he was hairy, and so they called him Esau, for, or um, that basically means hairy. And he eventually went on to, to become the father, progenitor of the, of the nation of Edom, which stands for red, because he was hairy and red. And then his brother came out after, but he had a hold of his big brother's or older brother's ankle. <laughs> so he was given the name Jacob, which means heel catcher or heel snatcher or supplanter or the devious one. And to be sure, from the beginning of time, that is the beginning of the human race, deception has played a tragic role in the downfall of the human race. When God asked Eve, what have you done? What was her response? The serpent, right? The serpent deceived me. He beguiled me. He, he deceived me. He lied to me. And so, as a result of her sin, you have the first, the real first family. And you have the first murder. Where Cain slays his brother Abel. Because of jealousy. Anger and bitterness. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop there, does it? No. Things become so terrible as we studied and have been studying in Sunday school that God then spoke to Noah. Noah, the righteous man, Noah. And Noah wasn't perfect, but he was complete and he was mature. And in his heart, he loved God. And so God spoke to Noah and he said, The end of all flesh has come as a result of their sin. I'm going to wipe the entire human race off of the face of the earth except for you and your family. You, your wife, your three sons, and each one of their wives. And because of Noah's faithfulness, we're here today. God used that one man to make it possible for all of us to, to be here today. 
Now here in the 27th chapter in Genesis, we're going to begin at verse 1. We're going to read all the way through verse 45. But let's go to the Lord in prayer first and ask his blessing upon his holy word. Father, we come to you as your children and as your servants. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you, Lord, that you saw fit to give us your word, to teach us about you, about your great love, and about the human race and your desire for us, and yet the tragic, deceptive nature of sin and how the human race has been deceived by the deceiver. And yet that there is hope, and that hope is found in you. Help us, Lord, and all who hear this message to realize that without you we are lost, and with you we are saved. And the bounty of heaven, the true treasure of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, in each of our lives. We ask, O oh Father, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, through your holy word, to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. So beginning at verse 1 in chapter 27. Now it came to pass, when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered him, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and make me savory food, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it, and that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him. And I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go get them for me. And when he had got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she gave him the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father, 
And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game, so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and he kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O oh, my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand, 
Then I will kill my brother Jacob. And the words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you, of you both in one day? We'll stop there. And so Jacob was named Jacob, and he lived up to his name. But he didn't learn it on his own. He learned it from his mother. Our first point, Isaac desires to bless his son. And in ancient times, there was a tradition that the firstborn son would be the one who would inherit basically two-thirds of the family's wealth. That he would be made master over the family when the father, the patriarch, had passed away. That he would be made wealthy, that he would uh, be given a position of prestige, and that he would be respected. However, that was a man-made tradition. And there are lots of traditions that humans implement, but they don't necessarily agree with the will of God. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said that one of the things that the Jewish people had done, the teachers, that they had actually set aside the word of God for the traditions of men, and had made the word of God of none effect. And you know that there are people today, Christians today, who hold to particular organizations, if you will, or beliefs, because that was what their parents believed in, or that was an organization that their parents belonged to. Well, there's something else. When we consider this passage, Isaac must have known that God intended for Jacob to be the line of blessing. Because he had revealed it to Rebekah. You'll recall last week, Rebekah, when she, she inquired of the Lord why she was having such a difficult pregnancy. And the Lord spoke to her. The Lord gave her an explanation. He said, there are two nations within you. And they war one against the other. And the, the older shall serve the younger. The younger will be the master. He is the blessed line. God's will. God's purpose for each individual life. And no doubt she shared that with Isaac. It's not unreasonable to think that Isaac knew that. But, you see, Isaac had become old. He was about a, 137 years old around this time. And he'd become tired. And he'd become blind. But he still liked to eat. <laughs> In other words, he had become spiritually dull. 
in his walk. But he was still carnal in his desires. Never make the mistake of thinking that you're too old to serve the Lord. Or that you're too tired or too ill to serve the Lord or to know the Lord's will. But you see, when you read through this passage, Esau was his favorite. And the scripture says, Rebekah overheard and she went and told her son, Jacob. Notice? Because Jacob was her favorite. Favoritism. Oh my goodness, it creates problems and issues, as in this particular case. And notice he says, make me savory food such as I love. Well, who in this room doesn't love to eat? <laughs> we all love to eat. And aren't you grateful that God has given to us, you know, an appetite and, and taste buds, etc. And all these delicious dishes. And we should be grateful. But we shouldn't allow our physical appetites to dull our spiritual insight. Isaac had become apathetic. And even though he knew, he knew that the older was to serve the younger, he was going to disregard that and bless him anyway. Well have the Israelites been called the stubborn people of God. God referred to them, he used the term as stiff-necked. You'll recall they were stubborn, unwilling to both acknowledge wrong and to repent from the wrong. And there are people there, they call themselves Christians, and they are that very same way today. Rebecca was listening. Now, was she eavesdropping? Was she being nosy? Or perhaps some would say, well, it was her right, she's the mother. And here's the other thing. In ancient times, when, when the patriarch got ready to bless, they would call the whole family together. So that everyone knew what was going on. But Isaac, wanted to make it a private matter. Perhaps he was afraid of Rebecca, because Rebecca probably would have said, wait a minute, did God say that Jacob is the one to be the heir? Well, perhaps we'll know when we get to heaven. But notice, Esau, he went out, he went hunting. He did exactly what his father said. He, he took off to go hunting. And in this particular case, he had no blame. Well, moving on. So what does Rebecca do? She hears this, and she's alarmed. 
We mentioned about uh, Eve and the deception there, about Cain and Abel. And what about Sarah and Abraham? God had made a promise to Abraham and to Sarah that they would be blessed with a son, but they were impatient. Have you ever been impatient? Ever been impatient? Unwilling to wait. So Sarah comes up with this idea, well, take Agar. And how did that turn out? Conflict. Conflict within the family. Abraham has a, has a son by another woman, Hagar, and uh, that son is Ishmael, the father of uh, Arab peoples and others who live in the Middle East. And that conflict began there. Once Isaac was born, and as he grew, Ishmael and Isaac were basically at each other's throats. Conflict. So much so that Hagar and Ishmael had to be sent off. And that conflict still rages today in the Middle East. Because they're all cousins. They're all cousins. And yet, Israel's cousins hate them with a bitter hatred. So Rebecca, she figures that, well, I better take charge of this situation. See, that's what Sarah told Abraham. We, we need to take charge of this situation. And even Abraham, when he's, he's talking to God, he's praying, and he says, oh, that Ishmael. And, and, and God says, no. No. God says, I will take care of Ishmael because he's your son. But he's not the one. And we know the story. Isaac was born, and here we have Isaac. Now Isaac is 137 years old. And what is he doing? He's, he's following along with his mother and father, what they did. And so she goes to Jacob and she says, now look, this is what's happening. So this is what we're going to do. She's going to manipulate the situation. You notice that? She's going to take charge and manipulate the situation. So she, she plots to deceive Isaac and she reveals it to Jacob how they're going to go about this. And then they implement it. We read this morning in the book of Genesis where God tells Noah, as long as the earth remains, summer, winter, cold, heat, sea time and harvest time, etc., etc., will not cease. But there are those in the government, and those particularly on one side, who want you to believe that if you cook too much with your gas stove, the whole world is going to burn up, and life is not going to, to be possible on the earth. Deception. And the other day, Cheryl and I, we, we, uh, we went over to the CVS to pick up a, a prescription that... Uh, that's uh, the CVS at the far, uh, uh, Target. Okay. And so as we were pulling in, it was behind uh, Winco. And they have these, these stations there. They're, they're plug-in stations for the electric cars. 
Well, she had been there. Uh, Cheryl had been there earlier. She had gone, I think it was, to the Hobby Lobby. She, she was uh, looking to see uh, a particular shelf. And so when we pulled up, which was, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour later. So as we were pulling in, she said, that lady was standing there with her car when I, when I left this morning. And she's still there. Yeah, and I, and I, I said, yeah, and uh, the government wants you to believe that it's real convenient to have an electric car. And what about if you're on a trip? Because they can only travel so far, and then you've got to find a, a, a station to, to plug that thing in. And you might have to wait in line. But they want you to believe, they want you to believe right, that, that if we don't, you know, transition from gas vehicles to electric vehicles, the whole world is going to burn up. Deception. Deception. You know, they used to love Elon Musk. You know that? They really did. They used to love Elon Musk. And then when he bought Twitter, and then when he went through there and looked and actually found out what the government had been doing, and how that the conservatives and Christians had been censored, and how that their free speech had actually been violated, and then he became a champion and he said, no, we're, we are going to have free speech as was intended there in the Constitution. Oh my goodness. Now they've done everything they can now to destroy him. Isn't that something? Manipulation. She used manipulation to secure what was already Jacob's. God had already spoken. And what do we know about God's word? When God speaks, it's done. You don't have to manipulate anything. You don't have to try to take charge. No. You leave it in God's hands. God will bring it about in his timing. Just as when God told Abraham to take Isaac up to that mountain and to sacrifice him. And just as Abraham obeyed and as he, he lifted that knife, the voice of the angel of the Lord, no, Abraham, Abraham. And there was a ram caught in the bushes. God provided. And in this particular situation, God would have done what needed to be done. And make no mistake about it, God does not approve of deception. God does not approve of deviousness. He does not approve of dishonesty. He does not approve of lying. You've heard it said, people say, well, you know, you got to get ahead and lie. you got to lie just a little bit. No, that is a lie of the devil. That, too, is deception. And today, it is, my goodness, terrible, the lies that are told. I, I spoke uh, last Sunday night, we talked about the, uh, the, uh, the former president of Harvard University who, who was caught uh, plagiarizing and who refused, refused to answer a question about anti-Semitism. She refused. Well, it depends upon the context. Well, I wonder if, if somebody had come out and said something about 
Hispanics, or Asians, or African Americans. She would have been able to say, oh yes, that's racist. That's discriminatory. Discrimination. Oh, but because it was Jewish. Well, it depends on the context. And they come to find out, yes, that she had plagiarized. You know, I had someone come up and they complained that I had mentioned that. She wasn't the only one. There were several. There were several presidents of different universities. They refused to call it out what it is. Manipulation. Used to secure what Jacob already possessed. Being led of, of the flesh, the carnal, the, the scripture. Um, I heard one preacher, he referred to it as the carnal Quran. Christians, believers, believers, people who say they believe in God, yet they're in the carnal Quran. And instead of acknowledging the truth of God and standing up for the truth of God, no. They respond, well, it depends upon the context. Deception. You'll recall Samson and Delilah? All through the scripture, what do you find? You find the deceptive nature of sin. Delilah, beautiful lady. Oh, Samson was just head over heels in love with her. And what did she do? It was all a ploy to deceive him, to destroy him. What does Jacob do? Jacob obeys his mother. Now you wish that Jacob would have said, you know, Mom, can't do it. But what does he say? He says, now, you know, my brother is a hairy man, and I'm smooth-skinned. Dad's going to know that I'm, that I'm not Esau. And then he's going to think of me as a deceiver. <laughs> Because he is one. Isn't that something? Yeah. And so Jacob goes in to our third point. Isaac is deceived. He's deceived. Jacob goes in and he, he tells lies. He tells several lies. He lies about who he is. He says that he's Esau the firstborn, when in fact he's not. That's a lie. He lies about the game, the, the meat. Because he didn't hunt it. His mother, right? His, his mother was the one who prepared it. He went and got the goats, but she prepared it. She prepared the, the food, the meat. She knew exactly what Isaac enjoyed eating, and she spiced it up so that he would be head over heels pleased with the taste of this, of this meal. So he lied about that. Then he, he borders on blasphemy. Because Isaac says, how is it that you, you got it so quickly? And what does he say? The Lord, your God, brought it to me, or basically made me successful, or is the one who enabled me. You see that? 
That's called lying in the name of the Lord. Oh, and sadly, there are so many people who lie in the name of the Lord. What I've found in my experience as a, as a pastor, minister, and church over the decades is generally when somebody is serving in a particular position, but then they don't like the stress that comes with it or the, the uncomfortableness that comes with it. Well, I, I believe the Lord is, is, is putting it on my heart to walk away. Now, to be sure, there, there comes a point in time when, when it might be time for someone to, to walk away. But generally, generally, it's lying in the name of the Lord. That's what it is. An unwillingness to deal with the unpleasantness of serving. Because serving God is not easy. Especially if you're one who is willing to stand up and tell the truth. The number of people that you will uh, have basically attack you. Well, Jacob follows through and he deceives his father, telling lie after lie after lie. That's what he does. How sad. How sad. And then Isaac blesses Jacob. Even though the blessing is already his. Because really the blessing comes from God. The blessing comes from God. Now as a boy in our, in our family, and I mean our whole extended family, we used to, um, and it was required, I mean we were taught, uh, and the word in, uh, in Spanish is bendición, which really means blessing. And uh, they kind of cut it short, you know, sion. And we would say sion ma, sion pa, to your mother, your father, or to an aunt, or to an uncle, to one who was older than you. And it meant to give me your blessing. That's how we greeted and that's how we parted every day. And so then the mother would say, God bless you. Father would say, God bless you. Your aunt would say, God bless you. That's how we greeted one another, and that's how we departed. But over the years, over the years, that just kind of fell by the wayside. In ancient times, it was believed that once the word was spoken, came out of the mouth, it could not be retracted. And that the word, especially of the patriarch, the one who was the head of the family, that word carried weight. Weight. As you say, you know, the words of a judge or the decision of a judge carries weight. You follow? Well, Isaac's word carried weight. And I see that we're out of time. So, we're going to have to, to do this justice. We want to come back and continue this study. So, you'll have to come back next week to see how it all turns out. Of course. <laughs> Keep you on the edge, you know. <laughs> because the next thing that happens is Esau shows up. And we'll look at that.
next week. But let's look at the, at the uh, summary statement as we close. Human tradition does not always agree with God's will. Don't be one of those who say, well, you know, my father, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, your father was a sinner like you. And he was not perfect. And if the position that he took was one that doesn't agree with God, you would do well to move away from that. Deception and manipulation result in serious consequences, and you'll see that next week when we look at this. And they go all the way down. True blessing is determined and bestowed by God, and genuine faith results in patient obedience and trust in God. In that lesson this morning about Noah, can you imagine? He was on that ark together with his family and all those animals for over a year. And we get upset if it takes too long in the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> God loves us with a tender, redemptive, and healing love. What are you struggling with today? What did you struggle with yesterday? God loves you. God cares for you. God is able to heal you. God is able to encourage. God is able to strengthen and to comfort. God is able to save. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And the hymn is God's, it's God's invitation to you to give your heart and your life to Him. Let's stand, please. Father, we pray for those who need to make a decision. We all need to make decisions, Lord, to follow you. And for those struggling, we pray, dear Father, that you, by your Holy Spirit, will encourage and empower them to make the right decision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.